Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Elhamdülillah ve salatu vesselam ala Resulillah ve ala alihi ve sahbihi ve men ve We left off in yesterday's discussion on the fourth internal etiquette or internal act that Hujjid al-Islam Yama Ghazali mentions in his book Kitab Adab Tilawat al-Quran, his book on the proprieties or the etiquettes of Quranic recitation. And always, I always want to remind ourselves that we're speaking of these etiquettes in the context of strengthening our relationship with the Qur'an. The more that we observe these etiquettes inwardly and outwardly, the stronger that relationship will become. And the greater quality of interaction that we will have when we read Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's book. And so, I want to always remind ourselves where we're at so we don't get lost. The first interactive Quranic recitation was realizing the greatness of divine speech. The second was exalting the one speaking. The third was maintaining presence of heart and overcoming or controlling inner speech, which goes, which goes along with that. And we left off in the middle of the fourth, which is tadabbur, contemplation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's book. And one of the things that Imam Ghazali taught us was contemplation is beyond presence of heart. Because your heart could be present, i.e. you're not thinking about other things, but you might not be contemplating what it is that is being recited. So the whole purpose of reciting with tartil, with tajweed, adorning the Qur'an recitation and reciting in a slow and distinct manner is so that you and I can reflect deeply on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's book. And this word, at-tadabbur, is, indicates something about its true reality and shows how it takes time and effort to actually come to the meaning. Because the dubur is the rear. And tadabbur is the process that you struggle with and go through to find something that is not normally accessible, i.e. it's this mental process of really reflecting deeply, putting the individual parts of what we've learned together so that we can come to know the meaning that is in that particular verse or one of the many meanings. So tadabbur is one of the most important inner acts of Quranic recitation. And we left off with his statement in his relating a narration on the authority of Abi Zar al-Ghifari, the great companion. Qala, he said, Qama Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam bina laylatan faqama bi ayatan yuradiduha wahiya. And this indicates that the Prophet led them in prayer. Qama Rasulullah bina laylatan. He led us in prayer. He was standing in prayer and we were praying behind him on one night. And he was reciting this following verse, Yuradiduha, over and over again. He kept repeating it. And it's the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you punish them, they are indeed your slaves. And if you forgive them, you are the mighty and the wise. The Prophet ﷺ kept repeating this verse, 
وانتغفر لهم فإنك أنت العزيز الحكيم إن تعذبهم فإنهم عبادك وانتغفر لهم فإنك أنت العزيز الحكيم And he would repeat this over and over and over and over again And the very fact that he indicates this went on for a prolonged period of time And the Prophet kept repeating it It shows how the Prophet was impacted by his recitation of the Quran But it also shows how he was reflecting and pondering the meaning deeply Were that not to be the case, how would you be able to keep reciting a verse over and over again like that? And then he mentions a narration of Tamim al-Dari, the companion of the Prophet ﷺ, that he He spent the night reciting the following verse. أَمْ حَسِبَ الَّذِينَ اشْتَرْحُ السَّيَّاتِ أَنْ نَجْعَلُهُمْ كَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِنُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ Do those who have committed sins think that we are going to make them like those who believe and do righteous deeds? Do those who commit sins think that we are going to make them like those who believe and do righteous deeds? He kept repeating this and kept repeating this and kept repeating this. And even if you and I might not be able to spend an entire night reciting one particular verse, Perhaps that we can start by certain verses repeating them twice, three times, five times, maybe ten times. Maybe we go a little bit beyond that and repeat a little bit more. And we reflect upon it, we reflect upon it, we reflect upon it. Apply it to ourselves, think deeply about it, let ourselves be impacted by it. And that's an etiquette that's coming. Let it withdraw from us. The state that it's meant to withdraw, the emotion that it's meant to withdraw, the emotion or the internal reality that it's meant to withdraw. So he spent the entire night with this verse, repeating it. And then, وَقَامَ السَّعِيدِ بْنُ لَيْلَةٍ يُرَدِّدُ هَذِهِ الْآيَةِ And one of the early Imams, Sa'id ibn Jubair, he spent an entire night repeating the following verse. And this is found in Surah Yasin. That Salamu Qawlan Man Rabban Rahim And this translates as O oh, you criminals, sinners, let you be set aside on this day. In other words, is that they are going to be set aside from the believers on the Day of Judgment. And imagine where we're going to be when that actually happens. Which side are we going to be on? Are we going to be with the believers or are we going to be made to be from those who have to part from the group of the believers? He mentions these various narrations, even though, again, this is something we might not be able to do, spend the entire night. We find ourselves... We find it difficult to recite the Qur'an for 30 minutes And we finish quickly and then move on to something else But at least that we can understand that this is the way of the early people They would recite the Qur'an often And there were certain occasions where they would focus on certain verses Or certain chapters of the Qur'an and recite them over and over again This is from the sunnah of our Prophet And it's from the way of the salaf, the righteous predecessors before us so let's put this into practice in the way that we can. 
And again, just start by repeating verses a few times. And again, with the intention of contemplation. And there's many parts to that contemplation. But particularly, how does it relate to you and I's own self? وَقَالَ بَعْدُهُمْ إِنِّي لَأَفْتَتِحُ الصُّورَةَ فَيُوقُفَنِي بَعْدُ مَا أَشَدُ فِيهِ عَنَ الْفَرَاغِ مِنْهَا حَتَّى يَطْلُعُ الْفَجَرِ One of the righteous would say, I start reciting a chapter and some of the meanings that I witness in it, يُوقِفُنِي It stops me. And I'm unable to stop reciting it until dawn enters. So again, reflecting deeply upon those meanings. He said, every meaning that, of every verse that I recite that I don't understand or am present with and that I am that thinking about its meaning, I don't consider that I'm going to get reward from it. This is not to discourage people. This is just to point simply to the importance of tadabbur, of contemplation. And so he said that sometimes I will recite a certain verse, this great righteous man from the early people, Abu Sulaiman al-Darani. And sometimes I will spend four or five nights reciting one particular verse. And... I won't stop reflecting upon it, not moving on to the next verse. On Bada Saraf, Anahu Baki fi Surati Hud, Sittata Ashuran Yukariruha, Walaya Furuhu Minata Dabburufiha. And then Imam Musari mentions the story of one of the righteous predecessors that he spent six months reciting Surat Hud, the chapter of Hud. He just kept reciting it. He kept repeating it. And kept reciting it. And he kept reflecting deeply upon it for six months. He kept repeating the surah. One of the knowers of Allah said, Every Juma, every Friday, I do a khatm of the Quran. And then every month, I do a khatm of the Quran. And then every year I do a khatam. And there's a khatam that I've been doing for the past 30 years that I've yet to finish. So meaning, he had four khatams going at the same time. There was one khatam that he was doing, and we touched upon this already, that he was reciting, he'd have to recite a little bit faster, do a khatam once a week. And then, there was another khatam, that he's doing that he finished every month. So it was a different khatam. He had a different place that he left off in the mushaf. And he was reciting with more deliberation and with spending more time reflecting upon the meaning for the one that he's doing basically a juz a day. He says, and there's a khatam that I do every year. So you think about the entire Quran divided by the days of the year. And you're reciting that amount. 
And so you're reciting a smaller amount and you're able to go into a little bit more detail. He said, and then there's a khatam that I've had, that I started, that's been going on for over 30 years, about 30 years that I haven't finished yet. And then he's going into fine-tuned detail on that particular khatam. وَذَٰلِكَ بِحَسَبِ دَرَجَاتِ تَدَبُّرِهِ وَتَفْتِيشِهِ Imam Ghazali says this is because of the different degrees of contemplation that he was doing towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's book. وَكَانَ هَذَا أَيْضًا يَقُولُ أَقَمْتُ نَفْسِي مَقَامَ الْأُجَرَاءِ فَنَأَعْمَلْ مُيَامُمَةً وَمُسَابَعَةً وَمُشَاهَرَةً وَمُسَاهَنَةً and so one of them used to say is that I have established myself in the station of a worker who is hired to do something. And he said that I work for a wage, a daily wage, a weekly wage, a monthly wage, and a yearly wage. And so the muyawamatan is to work where you get a daily wage. Musaba'atan relates to seven. You get a weekly wage. Mushahara is monthly and then Musahnaha relates to Sana, getting on a yearly basis, indicating uh, the, his different degrees of recitation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's book. So Tadabur. And alhamdulillah, uh, increasingly in the English language, we have aids that help us reflect upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's book. And that could be a good translation of the meanings. And alhamdulillah, there are books of tafsir now entering into the English language that also help us do that. Increasingly, there's more teachers uh, available so that we can study the meanings. We're able to learn Arabic as well. There's many places that we can do that so that we can then increase the knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's book. And as we progress as a community in the English-speaking world, this is very important that we spend time learning the Arabic language but to also have resources in English that help us reflect upon the meanings of the Qur'an. And we don't wait until we know Arabic or that we have, we're proficient in Arabic to do tadabbur of the Qur'an. Even with the translation of the meaning, think deeply about the meaning of the verse and how it applies to you. Don't cut yourself off from the importance of contemplation because you don't have access to the Qur'an but with, with, by, via the Arabic language. So then this takes us to uh, the fifth etiquette, which is at-tafahum. At-tafahum. And this relates, this relates to tadabbur, but it's more specific. So at-tafahum. And on this form, tafa'alu, it has that context of striving to do something, just as we said with tadabbur. So when you say, for instance, ta'allum, to learn, you're striving to get ilm, ta'allum, you're striving to attain hilm, this forbearingness. And tafahum here is you're striving to attain fahm, you're striving to attain understanding. So striving to understand Allah Tabarakullah's book. And he's going to speak about this. And he says, it's for someone to try to understand yastolder, so that they have clarity about every verse 
and what is the meaning that is behind it or one of the meanings that is behind it. And specifically, different verses, if you have tathahum of that verse, you have an understanding of it. They relate to different things. Because the Qur'an contains the mentioning of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's attributes. And the mentioning of His acts. It mentions the various states of the Prophets. The states of those who deny them. How does it they were destroyed? And it mentions his commands and his prohibitions. It mentions of paradise and the fire. So what he really wants us to do here is to understand the various, what you could call, themes of the Qur'an. And to really think about each verse and strive to understand how this verse relates to the various themes of the Qur'an. And so what he presented here is close to what Imam Ibn Juzayd Kalbi said was the seven themes of the Qur'an. And those are Allah. So the, the, the first theme of the Qur'an is Allah. A mention of His essence, His attributes, and, subhanahu wa ta'ala, his acts. And then the second theme is the prophets. And not the stories of the prophets, that's its own, but mentioning of the prophets, the sending of the prophets, the message of the prophets. And then the third is the ma'ad, the return, literally, the afterlife. And then the fourth is ahkam, the legal rulings of the sharia the legal rulings associated with various verses in the Qur'an. And you see this in Allah's book. And then five and six is the wa'ad and the wa'id, the threats and the promises that Allah Ta'ala makes in His book. The wa'ad as the promises and the wa'id are the warnings or the threats. And then the seventh category are stories. And so if each verse that is being recited, you should reflect on how this verse relates to one of these categories. And what is the meaning that I can draw from that? So this is a type of tadabba, but it's more specific. It's a specific type of contemplation related to striving to understand how the meaning of that particular verse relates to what you could say is the overarching themes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's book. And incidentally, this is one of the great ways to teach other people about Allah's book, non-Muslims included, to talk about the themes of the Qur'an and to give examples. This is a very helpful way of explaining Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's book. And what Ibn Juzayr Kanbi says, all of those seven themes ultimately get back to the overarching theme which is Allah Ta'ala is extending an invitation to His creation that they come to believe, worship Him believing in Him and 
that having correct behavior inwardly and outwardly and then encouraging them to do so and warning them that if they don't. So these are the overarching themes of Allah Ta'ala's book and this is what he says here. This is what Allah Ta'ala's book contains. And so this, as I just mentioned, this is similar to what Imam Wazadi is saying here. And then he starts to give examples. أَمَّا صِفَاتُ اللَّهِ As for the attributes of Allah Ta'ala. فَقَقَوْلِهِ تَعَالَى لَيْسَ كَمِثْلِهِ شَيْءٍ There is nothing like unto him. وَهُوَ السَّمِيُّ الْبَصِيرُ And he is the all-hearing. And he is the all-seeing. وَكَقَوْلِهِ تَعَالَى الْمَلِكُ الْكُدُّوسِ السَّلَامُ الْمُؤْمِنُ الْمُحِيمُ الْعَزِيزُ الْجَبَّارُ Mentioning a number of attributes of him, subhanahu wa ta'ala. That he is the malak, that he is the king, he is the quddus, the holy. He is the salam, the giver of peace. He is the mu'min, he is the muhaymin, he is the aziz, he is the jabbar, he is the mutakabbar. And reflecting deeply upon each one of these names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then understanding how what's happening in creation is a manifestation of one of those names. And this is what he says, Let him think deeply about the meanings of these names and these attributes. So their secrets will become unveiled to him. Because hidden underneath them, beneath them, or Hidden meanings, literally buried meanings. Hidden meanings. La tenkashifu illa lilmuqineen. That are only unveiled for the people of certainty. Wa ilayhi ashara ali. Radiallahu anhu bikawli. Ma asarri ilayya rasulullahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam shayin. Katamu ala nas illa an yu'tiyallahu azawajal abdin fahman fi kitabah. This is a hadith that the collection of Imam al-Nasai is that when Sayyidina Ali was asked, did the Prophet give him something that he didn't give other people? And he said that the Prophet did not secretly tell us anything that we have kept from people other than one of us was given a special understanding in his, the book of Allah Ta'ala. And what greater things are to be given? And this is why you have a hadith that is, there's multiple narrations that, spe- <clears throat> that speaks of the connection of the Qur'an with the Ahlul Bayt al-Rasulillah And one of the meanings is that the Imams from Ahlul Bayt al-Rasulillah, from Ahlul Sunnah wa Jama'ah, that are scholars, are, they do the greatest, they place the greatest effort and have the greatest job in preserving the meanings of Allah Ta'ala's book. By extension as well, the other scholars of this deen. But that's one of the meanings, is that they're preserving an understanding of the Qur'an and preserving the sunnah of our Prophet ﷺ in the very best of ways. وَقَالِ ibn Mas'ud Ibn Mas'ud said, مَنْ أَرَادِ عِلْمَ الْأَوَّلِينَ وَالْآخِرِينَ Whoever wants the knowledge of those who came before and those who come at later times, fell. And let him then find it in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's book. And the greatest knowledges of the Qur'an 
are found beneath literally the names of Allah Ta'ala and His attributes. إِذْ لَمْ يُدْرَكْ أَكْثَرَ الْخَلْقِ مِنَا إِلَّا أَمُورًا لَائِقَةً بِأَفْهَامِهِمْ وَلَمْ يَعْثُرُوا عَلَىٰ أَغْوَارِهَا The vast majority of creation only would understand that uh, affairs, matters commensurate with their ability to understand and they haven't gone into their depths. And so um, this is what he says here. Inshallah Ta'ala, we will stop there for today. And to come back where he's then going to speak about the af'al, the acts of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah ta'ala give us tawfiq and bless us to be from the people of tadabbur, of contemplation, and tafahum, who strive to understand the meanings of his book. And may Allah ta'ala bless us to be able to understand his book in a better fashion every day that it is that we live. Ya Arhamur Rahmin, and have an increased connection. Bi'idhnillahi ta'ala wa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wa ala alayhi wa sallam. Wa alhamdulillahi rabbil alayhi wa sallam.